Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. Today, as always, I have my co-host, Ryan and Nick. How did I get here? Week after week, I wake up in front of these two <laughs> with an uncontrollable urge to say, I'm back, and you can't keep me down. Can't keep them down. I wish you would just talk in circles. That would make life a that lot easier on the yeah. podcast. Do the ink blotches. Yeah. Here's my ink blotch. And it says, that's the best one yet. So Mine says, go F yourself. There's a missing piece and there. See, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for General Chang. <laughs> but, but I don't think it's a one to one translation. No, I, I get, well, you know, it's there. debatable. Yeah. yeah, lost in translation. Yeah. yeah it's a, yeah, it's a, a compliment bit, it's a if you lost. speak my language. It's hard, yeah. to, it's hard to know the blo- what the blotches say. <laughs> Just like in Rick and Morty, this yeah, right? means welcome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. The finger means welcome. All right. So. Uh, quick bit movie news. Do we have anything today or nothing super exciting? I will say like talking flick drives the culture and days after we released our Mad Max Fury Road podcast, please go download and subscribe if you don't already. They announced that it's a prequel. The next movie, it's a green light. It's going to be a Furiosa prequel, but no Charlize Theron. Well, they so like it kind, they kind of listen to yeah, me, right? But us. it's yeah. not the same. I'm still not Up happy. Until the Charlize Theron. Yeah, I don't want to. I really, I don't want a prequel at all. It should be a Furiosa continuation. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't so. Also, get it. yeah, I don't. So I'm not. But sure. it's going to be George Miller, though. Right? It's George Miller. Yep, he announced it. So how long is it going to take? It? Yeah, yeah. How long is it going to take for him to make it? Forty years. <laughs> we'll see it in 2060. You yeah. think they bring Mel Gibson back? By or? the time we have to save the heptapod race, it'll be out. It'll be out. Yeah. yeah. Do you yes. think they'll bring Mel Gibson back? Or? No, no. Is Tom Hardy going to well, be? I don't. In it? No, I don't think so. Well, I don't Hardy know. Hardy he might. Not at all. Might. Yeah. I don't know. He I, might. I heard Tom Hardy was in talks to kind of show up back in there, but I don't think so because it's going to be a prequel. And I heard Anna Taylor Joy's, you yeah, know, is so, the main one to be. Can we ask the practical question? She's been uh, rumored heavily even before they announced yeah. it that she was going to be Young Furiosa. Yeah, yeah. Can she pull that part off? Because I feel like Charlize is basically just owns that shit. Um, I'm not sure that that. You know, I, I like know. her. She's yeah. a good actress, I but I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not I don't it. really see it as much. I think mainly because at least with Charlize Theron, like we had her in Monster and she did like a complete change of yeah. character from that. She's and so amazing. she's I got think, some action movies lined up also. Yeah. Least, she so. also did Atomic Blonde, which was, you and know, Atomic yeah, Blonde yeah. 2. Yeah. Atomic really Blonde good. 2 was announced. And I actually really like yeah, that movie. So, it's I not mean, like, it's like John Wick. Kinda, right. You know, yeah. it's, it's not great, but it's I think a lot of it is just the physicality that you bring to the role. Like because Charlize Theron, you know, she punches Tom Hardy with her stuff. You know what I mean? She's very physical in that role. So I think that's the main thing. And Anna Taylor Joy, at least with Young Furiosa, she looks kind of too fragile compared yeah, to Charlie yeah. Theron. But she, yeah, I, I can see that. Change, I don't but know. That could change. That. Though, in, so. in Split, she got an intense look about her. In Split, she did great. She I, did I do love very good. Okay. Yeah. But when she was in Glass, it was terrible. Yeah, Glass had a whole bunch <laughs> she, of other yeah. issues though too. Yeah, Glass was a disappointment for sure. It leads us. Well, we'll talk uh, about one real quick. George Miller. We talked about it last week already, but he's already like seventy-five years old. So, yeah, like, what are we talking about here? Why are we doing a prequel? We can just continue the story, or we could kill Max, or we could do something like that. Yeah, to put like a. Or just do a completely original type yeah, Mad Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah why just not? So in that world. Does, is he just excited to show how she loses her arm, or what's this all about? I don't get it. I don't know, but it is George Miller, and which is how like Fury Road went too. I think you know if he's actually been working out on it. Yeah, I think yeah. I will give him the benefit of the doubt because it's just how well I did like Fury Road, and just you know since it's been five years since Fury Road, or almost six, I think we'll probably win this. Yeah, five years, maybe probably yeah. ten years when it finally comes out, <laughs> and <laughs> by then Anna Taylor Joy will be the you know the age of Charlize Theron. <laughs> <laughs> so let's ask the practical question. Are you guys excited for it? Would you go watch it? I'd still watch it. I'd, I I'd give it the I mean, I think I would. I'd I wouldn't it. commit yeah, I'd watch it. per se, but yeah, I probably lower would. your expectations a little bit. You, lower I mean, you should always lower your expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah always. If, so. if you told me it was Charlize <laughs> and a continuation, I'd be jumping up and down for it. 
I'm not jumping up and down for mm-hmm. it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, that's so. what you learn on Talking Flick. I will Lower say your expectations. <laughs> yeah. I will say that's everything. Everything. That's good advice. Relationships. Speaking of lower your expectations, <laughs> Anna, and Anna Taylor Joy, what do you think about the new mutants? Are we finally oh, going yeah. to see them? You know, I said to the link. See it. Yeah. You believe it? Yeah. No, I believe it when I see yeah. it. Yeah. Because what? August 28th is when you mean supposed to come out? Or? Oh my goodness. I don't yeah. speak kept upon. I, I don't. It. I don't know what that's. Imagine. You know, it's the year 2025. We ran out of toilet paper, and New Mutants has been delayed again. You know, just. I want to. I was ready for it last month. Yeah. All right. Now, I was never ready really for it ready two for years it, yeah. ago. Now it's just completely I'm, off my radar. I'm ready for it to just show up like on direct TV on demand. Yeah. And just to get it over with. I would rather have it just show up on VOD because then I would just, yeah, I would just, just for it. I want to what see if it. it you know? What if it's direct to DVD? Directed DVD, I think that's its inevitability. Inevitably, it should be directed DVD. I think that's the only way it does any good. I will say, I saw the trailer, and I don't know, I don't know if I ever thought he was good to begin with, but I saw the trailer for Josh Trank's Capone, which just came out on Friday. Directed VOD, right? So I don't know if it's twenty bucks or ten bucks or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. It's Tom Hardy. It's Josh Trank doing something interesting, and it looks awful. Yeah. I, it looks so freaking bad. Is that was that guy ever good? Josh Trank? Was, was he ever like possibly? No. <laughs> I don't know because I mean, his, uh, his first role was was Chronicle. I don't know if you got if you did I you saw see Chronicle. Chronicle. I thought I'm it was you did fine. Yeah. I thought it was. But I wasn't blown away, but it was fine. With the kids with powers, right? Yeah, yeah. kids with the kids yeah. with okay. uh, not Miles Teller, but uh, no. Miles Teller like person. Yeah, and then, I can't uh, remember Michael who, B. Jordan. Yeah, and, Michael B. Jordan was in it. And Harry Osborne from the Amazing Spider-Man Andrew Garfield series. Yeah, I was his name. Dean DeHaan, I think his name. But that's um that that idea was the special effects were sort of like kind of with the handy cam sort of look. They yeah, kind of I remember scale that. It back, I remember when that but they were came really, out. really interesting to look at on screen. And I remember thinking, like, what this guy did with this budget is pretty fascinating. Let's give him something else. And then they <laughs> gave him something else, and I was like, nah, okay, yeah, yeah, let's let's not let's take it away from him. Chronicle was a pretty big hit for him. And then when he got Fantastic, as you know, as everyone likes to call it. You know, that just had a lot of studio involvement because he was only this was his second movie ever. Yeah. And it was the first time dealing with such a big studio. They just pushed him and pushed him and pushed him. But he was also yeah. like a petulant child. Yeah, too. apparently there, so was, there was a give and take too. there. Yeah. But he did. He did eventually watch Fan Four Stick and he did actually write a review about it, too. About I think a couple months ago is when he decided to actually I'm going to watch it and try to get over this, you know, this black point Chron- in life. Yeah. yeah. Chronicle made 126 million worldwide on a 12 million dollar budget. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So. yeah. And then so they just crushed him. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they broke him. Yeah, I don't know. I've I've heard some mixed reviews as far what cuz it's like Capone or it's called something else it's too. Capone, it's Capone, but it's not like it doesn't look like a hard biopic. It actually looks like a in the mind of Capone. Yeah. Weird. I've, I don't it, know what it looks the, like. It looks like a so straight to VOD it, movie. It's actually it supposed like. to it's it's about Capone after he gets out of jail from getting busted by yeah. the IRS mm. and he has had he has dementia yeah. and so it's about him after, it's kind of like Irishman like can I ask this question so Irishman looks, is the makeup looks yeah. so bad it looks yeah. it looks embarrassingly bad yeah. it looks like uh, the J. Edgar movie that Clint Eastwood made with DiCaprio you remember that and Army Hammer oh yeah J. Edgar Hoover and uh-huh. his, uh, his buddy his living friend that movie was weird and the makeup was so odd and super distracting like even if the movie was amazing you couldn't get past the makeup yeah. this is another one of those right why would you get Tom, uh, Tom Hardy to do this 
this. Yeah, get yeah. Gary Oldman. Get yeah. somebody older yeah, so you can use less makeup. makeup. Yeah. Get exactly. Clint Eastwood to do it. Like, yeah. what are we talking about here? I don't understand this at all. It's so oh, odd. Well, and he, and he's supposed be to be like Capone, sweating so. over this latex face. It's just gross. Yeah, the whole pretty, thing was gross. Pretty certain I'm not going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, no, it was bad. It. I just feel bad. Like, I don't know if Josh Trank was ever good, but I think he's near finished. I think, yeah. I hope he still like turns out a couple more projects. Maybe he should go to TV. Maybe send him to TV for a little while. Yeah. But you can't just, you know, can't feel bad. All the time, and you can't badmouth the yeah, studio that yeah. even if they are kind of doing those things, you, still you know can't what? Always do Let's it. just give them a Star Wars trilogy. Just yeah, get just it, do it, <laughs> yeah. Since we're just what handing those out to yeah, whoever, yeah. Yeah. whoever's first in line, we'll just sure. hand them out. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Who wants it? I guess I'll take Everyone's it, so. gonna get an opportunity yeah, at everyone's. one point. Yeah. You just have to live long we'll enough. Get one. We'll Jar Jar, Jar Jar prequel. I mean, yeah. everybody's I'd doing so it. Down. See, I'm gonna get one in 2035. I don't know when you guys are getting yours. I'm set for 2045. So mine was announced 2027. So I'm already announced. We don't know what it is yet, but. All right. So today we're doing 2016's Arrival. Probably one of the best sci-fi movies to come out in the last decade, or at least in the top 20. It's on somebody's list It didn't list make for my sure, top so. 20 of the decade list, but I was in my top 10 of that year. For sci-fi or just for Just for altogether. Altogether. Yeah. I, I thought it was very impressive. For sci-fi, I could see this being like on that top 20 list. And so as far as like the movie goes, it revolves around these three central characters where it's Amy Adams, who is a linguist, Jeremy Renner, who is a physicist, and then Forrest Whitaker, who is a military commander. Yeah, he's pretty much an asshole. He's a military commander. He's in charge of the alien site where there's this floating shell spacecraft that's just above the Earth's surface. So, but I'm sure everybody wants to know, what's your reaction, Ryan? Those are coffee stains. I make those yeah, every day. Yeah, I know, right? I got those everywhere. Yeah. You got to look deeper, man. The aliens are talking to me every single day. <laughs> yeah, it's on the, was the toast with Mary on it yeah, and Jesus yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, the bark on the tree. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the coffee stain. So, yeah. all right, Nick, how'd this, mo- how'd this movie do financially? So was you want the numbers? Says, Give me the numbers. So Give 2016, numbers. right? Uh, this is Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Je m'appelle Denis Villeneuve. Yes. Je I guess you could say. <laughs> Very famous French director. He did uh, Incendies, I think, is a movie that I liked. I thought it was interesting. And then he goes on to do Prisoners, a movie a lot of people like. I'm not the biggest fan of that one. Then he does, uh, before Blade Runner, he does Sicario, which obviously puts him on the map. I think even pre-production on Sicario, he got the green light to do this. This movie was offered to a bunch of different folks, as we'll probably talk about at some point. Um, but he gets this movie and he gets a 47-ish, $50 million budget, which is a lot considering that he hadn't done a lot in America, yeah. even though most consider Especially this type be, of movie, too, because yeah, so much a, could It's go a sci-fi, but it's not story. like an easy sell, right? Yeah. So it's a heady sci-fi, an emotional, personal story, as we'll get into. Um, but it does very, very well, right? Comes out uh, $100 million US, around 120, 125 overseas for like a 200, $223 million overall. So it turns a profit. It probably needed to make around 100, 120 for the studio to make money. So it made about $80 million profit. Mm. And it received a lot of buzz. I think eight yeah. Oscar nominations out of this yeah. movie. Yes, it did. Uh, critics uh, gave it 94%. That's very yeah. impressive yeah, for a movie we're crazy. talking about. For sci-fi, I mean, you're not going to do better than that. Uh, audience was 82%. So uh, 30, I think it was the 31st highest grossing movie domestically in 2016. So kind of like Mad Max, it's sort of like there's a niche for it. It didn't yeah. blow everybody away, but a lot of people liked it. And I actually thought Amy Adams would have got an Oscar nom for her performance because I remember when I saw it, I thought for sure she was going to get a right. nominee yeah. for it because it's very emotional. Um, but she did not. But it got the only Oscar it actually won, I think, was for sound editing. Which, Uh again, we talk about this all the time. Ford versus Ferrari. We've mentioned it millions of times. 
this movie like is another one of those. If you saw it in the movie theater, I think you have a different emotion toward it rather than seeing it at home. This I was agree. only the third yeah. time I saw it. And I the first time I saw it opening weekend in the movie theater, like when the heptapod throws its hand on the glass, that's powerful. Yeah. And when you can hear it, like surround sound Dolby, you feel it. But at home, it's like eh, it's, it's a little harder. It's like to that's imitate. that's a yeah. thing from The Simpsons, right? Like it no. doesn't. It's not quite the same, you know. <laughs> it, but, rem- it reminded me from Independence Day when that happened. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have like the same. Yeah. I don't, so unfortunately, there's that. You know, problem. the sound is so crucial too in this movie because it's, it's just very like, crucial. Yeah, yeah. It's like that Inception type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. I was about yeah. to say. And yeah. So. It's not just the sound. It's the, yeah. the, the the vibration. I plugged it, right? in my headphones because oh, I like yeah, to do I that. Just I plug it in that, and it just yeah. goes straight in there. At least you know, give it a little bit. Again, so I like, didn't catch this in theaters. I, I think people that watch Ford vs Ferrari at home still like that movie. But when you see heard in the theater and you can hear like the sounds of the racetrack and the engines revving, it's a different emotion to, to it. You know. So. Oh yeah. So. I mean, because at least with Denis, like Venavu or whatever you say, Venavenev. So because. Yeah, this is a sci-fi, and it kind of gave a uh, a new genre where they call it like dirty sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's yeah. a term that gets thrown around a lot with it, this movie. And it's we can't, dirty, sar- we dirty can't, sci-fi. We cannot sleep on the idea that he ended up getting like 105 million dollars to do Blade Runner 2049 because no money. of this. <laughs> it didn't, but you know what? I really respect that movie, and right. it didn't lose a ton of money either. It kind of was near breaking. Yeah, even, and because so. Blade 20, Blade Runner 2049 was just kind of it was this movie that made critics really happy and it made fans really happy, but just yeah. nobody saw it, mm. and yeah. so now. Yeah. It didn't pick up casual fans. Yeah, it that, didn't. There was no casual fans. Like there were no undecideds for Blade Runner twenty four. I, I will say though, I did buy a hat for it. So I did a you? Blade Runner oh, good hat. for you. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's the thing. We should probably have a discussion at some point about like, what do we do? We care that like some of these sci fi movies. Uh, exist that aren't really intended to make a lot of money but cost a lot. So this, you know, it's hard sell for the studio versus like you know the bad boys of sci-fi movies or Independence Day, which is so cookie cutter. They're still entertaining or Star Wars, but they don't have the emotion or sort of like the intellectual background yeah. of this movie. They're you know? surface level. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So, that's all I mean, you're going to get with those again, movies. Again, like I hate the business of Hollywood because we should have both and we should have lots of both. But unfortunately, like because these things have to make money, that's not what you get. Yeah. Now, now Tyler, you use the term. Why don't you go ahead and explain that uh, dirty sci-fi? So uh, dirty sci-fi, at least how they kind of explained it with Arrival, is they always describe like all the documentaries or all the behind the scenes footage I saw on Arrival is they describe it as a bad Tuesday. So <laughs> they put the feel of the movie where everything's kind of dark and gray and it's just it's not very vibrant in the colors. But yeah, when you yeah. do get the colors in this movie and same kind of with 2049, yeah. you get those very shocking colors when they do come in. Mm. So that was the whole the- thing around this movie. It's a bad Tuesday where you you're leaving home from school you know, or you're leaving from school on a bus and it's raining all the time. You mm-hmm. know, it's Alaska, I guess you could say. So, or <laughs> it's, Oregon. It's, yes, yes, yeah. it's, it's, De- it's Deacons who does uh, Blade Runner 2049. And I remember very specifically, uh, just to give Denny some credit, that Las Vegas shot where it's like this cloudy, sandy, sort yeah. of black and whitish, and then it breaks into color. It's stuff like that that like you just don't get very often. Mm-hmm. So I prefer like those heady sci-fi movies like that. And and again, they, maybe they won't make a ton of money, but uh, the cinematography of this movie is Bradford Young, who's pretty good, but not it's not quite as seasoned as if if Deacons did this movie, I think it'd be even more beautiful. You know, right? Unfortunately, I mean, because this is his most successful movie, I think it is because I think it's the most profitable. Yeah, the most profitable, most commercial mm-hmm. set so far. He's got Dune coming. Maybe that yeah, he's got Dune coming. <laughs> That'll make no money. My too. guess is no, it'll lose two hundred million dollars. Everyone never know. will like it, but it won't. 
don't make any money. Spice runners. <laughs> yeah, Everybody yeah. loves spice runners. <laughs> and Timothy Chalamet. I mean, he's spice. box office gold. That sweet, sweet spice. <laughs> and they need to make sure they throw in some politics in there. Oh, oh yeah. Sure. Sure. Believe politics. me, Dune yeah. has lots of politics. Yeah. Can't get yeah. it up. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but basically, like, even with the director, all his movies have this theme of like, just what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. And this is absolutely the same case for Arrival too. Well, I don't you know, know Sicario. Like, do you have that on? vibe on Sicario? Oh uh, yeah, you do. I mean, there is that with, like with the there's characters... this constant tension, but I don't know that I'm that confused. I think with the character, it's not as much as far as Sicario goes, but you do get that sense of just where the characters they have absolutely no idea what's going on. They're just always in the dark about something. Yeah. So mm. that's how I kind of see, it. and especially with this movie too, because you know, as we'll go into it, there is a lot of just ambiguity going on with the movie and yeah, also just yeah. with what they well, we'll talk about it right like yeah, the way the narrative is it, built yeah. is is so beautiful yeah no it is. It, is. So, it is but but let me ask you this uh before we close the numbers down is denis like is he on your must-see director list does he, um does he make the top 10-ish because he's right around there i for think me. i think one per watch with his movies I yeah think they're not crazy rewatchable next, i would yeah, agree with exactly, you on that yeah so yeah but I think what he's going to pull out next, I guess, after Dune, whenever he's wrapped up with that I don't know project, why he did that. He, I'm I not sure know. Dune's right for him, but I, I wish him the best. He wants to do the sci-fi. Sure. You know, he wants yeah. to do the sci-fi. Yeah. More power to him, you know? Yeah. And so it's Dune, which I haven't seen, but I know it's all about the spice. So. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, why do something that's already established IP? Why not make a different sci-fi movie? Yeah. There's a lot of different options. Well, this was based off a, a short novel, I think, The Story of Everything. or uh, Arrival. Yeah. yeah, so Arrival was based off a book that already, I guess, had some sci-fi fans. The but Story I, of Your Life is Ted Chang, uh, I think Chinese-American uh, writer who yeah. wrote a couple other like really, really good and impressive short stories. He worked with Eric Hasecker or something, the guy who wrote this movie. Guy who obviously hasn't run a ton of movies. He's not a screenplay uh, author that I like a lot, but you know what he wrote? What do you write? He wrote the thing, oh. the 2011 oh, hey. thing. Oh, okay. so, and he wrote right, Final Destination Five too. But, oh, nice! <laughs> he there treat, you go. I did so the last treatment on he's, that. He's so. getting some knockout hits, right? <laughs> so he there. comes yeah. from like a horror background, ironically. Um, so, but I think maybe that blend worked for this. You had the source material, and you added a little bit of creepiness to it, I suppose. Yeah, so. there, there definitely is. But what I'm saying is, Dune has already been done. Yeah. yeah. So why not Twice. do something else? He, you can tell that he loves sci-fi. You know what else yeah. he's got besides Dune? What? Cleopatra. Which oh, is yeah, also right. really odd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Angelina Jolie was attached for a long time, but I think she dropped out, so we don't even know who's going to be in it. Um, but I don't know that that movie ever gets alighted. But you know what I think? I, it's not that I criticize Denny for for falling into this sci-fi thing, because I think he can do other things. Obviously, Sicario is amazing. Uh, I think it's that, why take on these big budget films? What you should do is one for them, one for me, and, and kind of rotate that way. So <laughs> to do Dune, which you know will be a crazy expensive movie, and then to do Cleopatra after that, I don't know, yeah. man. I feel mm-hmm. like you're setting yourself up. But I mean, right? Like, as far as Dune, because it does have that IP, you're already going to get fans in the seat. You know, I mean, that's just kind of the People one reason for remakes <laughs> in general, right? You already got yeah, fans in yeah. the seat. You've got some sort of already kind of cult following with Dune. I don't know, man. Do you see and, Dune with like a crazy opening weekend? Uh, I don't think it's that. I, don't I mean, think so. there's not think that so, many crazy loyal fans yeah, anymore. There, there with, are a cult following yeah, behind. With the way Dune. Star Wars has kind of happened, has kind of like, I guess you could say, fallen through the you cracks. You maybe Runner had a huge cult following and it did not. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. so, and I don't think Dune is that on. It's I mean, sort same of thing. similar, yeah. you know. Blade, Blade You're on Runner, the same bandwidth. Blade Runner had what was just one movie installment. I think it had maybe People an animated. That movie. Yeah, yeah. And that movie got re released, and they released that director's cut finally with Ridley Scott's director's cut. That thing was people all went crazy for that. Yeah. Sound like hotcakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So before we dive too deep into it, a word from our sponsor, Anchor. that define your story beyond your life. 
like the day they arrived. I'm Colonel G.T. Weber from Army Intelligence. Pack your bags. You're at the top of everyone's list when it comes to translations. Priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? You'll be reporting to me, but you'll be working with him when you're in the show. That's what they call him, the UFO. Who's being carted off in the medevac? Not everyone is wired for what you're about to do. So what do they look like? You'll see soon enough. Every 18 hours, a door opens up. That's where we go in. It's tough. Yeah, that just happened. All right, so spoiler warning, if you have not seen Arrival, I think it's worth the watch at least once, especially if you haven't seen it. So if you can rent it, it's, go rent it right now. And we we both kind of feel the yeah. same way. Uh, it's not crazy rewatchable, but it's must one time at yeah, least. Yeah, at least so, one time. So, yeah. I mean, I remember especially like when the trailer came out, I wasn't a big fan of yeah, what the trailer kind of like represented with it. Yeah, yeah. and I really what did you like about the trailer? Wasn't um, it? Wasn't uh, so I, I thought it was just not enough be... explosions for your uh, no, twenty no, year old actually, mind. <laughs> actually, quite the opposite. There is explosions in the trailer. One, so yeah. there is one explosion. So I thought, and you've got the whole scene where you have Amy Adams, where she's like, "That's not a proper introduction." Then she puts her hand on the I glass. Love that scene. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a good scene yeah. when it's earned, but when it's shown in the trailer, it's I not an earned that. scene. Yeah, yeah. So I thought this was just going to be like a generic alien movie with another kind of you know we're going to try to do a main female. Female, you know, strong female protagonist. Because mm. at the time, that's kind of what they're just dishing out, you know, as much as they I, can. But, you know, I was wrong. This is definitely more than just yeah. that. And I, you know, I think maybe it was just a bad I actually think the trailer does a good job, again, not necessarily of selling the movie, but again, everybody has different goals here, but not giving too much away. Because when I went in, I saw it opening weekend. I had seen the trailer a few times and I thought it looked interesting. It was Denise. So I was like, well, listen, I got to see it. You know, I want to see what's up with this up and coming French director. I was blown away at what it actually ended up being because I had no idea it was going to be like a linguistic, emotional journey about a mother. Yeah. It just did. I didn't, it didn't strike me as what it was. Yeah. You know? And after watching it, it is kind of like, well, how do you sell this in a trailer? You can't, yeah. you know, because yeah. it, it's it really a hard is. sell. Very difficult. Yeah. The only explosion in the entire movie, they had to put yeah, it in Yeah, they had the to put it in there. So, because it's very much like you have the trailer and I guess that's, you know, Listen, people will have In the Marine things. Corps, I never watched Alex Jones, just for the record. Just I don't know what's up with that. Those <laughs> Alex guys Ross or either, Alex Jones? Or? Alex Alex Jones, right? Alex Jones? Alex Jones, a crazy conspiracy right-wing radio guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe Alex it was Jones, Rush Jones, Limbaugh, okay, yeah. but it was kind of like an algorithm of Rush Limbaugh and Alex Jones that yeah. those kids are watching. I don't know why I was thinking, oh, well, this is a movie podcast, so I'm thinking Alex Cross. Yeah. If it was Alex, Perry, Cross, Alex Cross, those explosions yeah. never happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... We kind of start off with the movie where there's a flashback between really Amy Adams or her character Louise and her daughter Hannah. Yes. And so, of course, we got the name Hannah, which is a palindrome, which is a Love major it. theme Love in this it. movie that we get revealed you know, much, much are later amazing. on. Madam, uh, what is it? Nurses run. Run nurses. Oh, thing yeah. Back from, oh, race those car. Are, race car. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yes, there's so many of them. So oh. a, simple, a simple idea that when Google given... This real quick because you stole my only one. <laughs> you only had one? You only I came only with had one? one, yeah. All right, and welcome to our English podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, but again, so. like it's a simple idea, but it's given weight. And, and I think when you get to it, finally the payoff, 
I think that it makes so it's it's, it's it's has a lot of value. We're going into spoilers immediately. Yeah, right? we're we're this I is think all so. straight okay. spoilers. It's been out so, for so. So can years I ask almost. you guys what were your thoughts the first time viewing it? Did you have that sense of a grieving mother as she was playing her character I as mean, a teacher? Immediately when I see you know her interacting with her child, you know, of course as a baby, I'm just like, oh, this kid's gonna die. You know, yeah, immediately I'm true, like, the baby is true. The, you know this this her her kid is is going to die, and so. What she does end up dying from some sort of type of cancer. Yeah. They never really fully say what it is, which is fine. Mm. But, you know, you do get the emotional weight with it. And yeah. I want to say towards the middle, even. Yeah, towards the middle, I'm just I was thinking, like, is this kind of in reverse, you know? And because we are into spoilers where it's like it's the past and the future. Yeah. At which, the same time. And which so, is very jarring. Yeah. yeah. A little jarring. But I did like how they did it because. Obviously, it's to invoke this emotion that throughout does, the beginning, you're thinking, oh, this is a grieving mother, and that's what her life is like right now. Does she sell it? Because she's so stoic. I think so. And I think yeah. that's to I throw you does. off the timeline. Yes. You yes. think she sells that yeah. well? Because yeah. I don't know that I even considered that there was anything going on with time for a, a good ways through the movie. Mm -hmm. I just thought, well, she's stoic because she lost a child, and she's kind of just the way she is. I think, But as time goes on, that's just, you know. I think the scene when she's talking to her mother, when all of this stuff is going on, that really sells it for me because yeah. she is obviously frustrated she's not reacting so much to the emergency that's going on she's more frustrated with the fact that she has to explain to her mother she doesn't know what's going on you know what i mean yeah so that sold it for me that it made me think that she was grieving that she probably was talking to her mom all throughout the experience yeah that daughter. this was yeah and, and it just seemed it's quiet out. And there are so many little hints along the way. And now that I've seen it three times, I finally started picking up on like, look at the difference in that, where she lives yes. at this time and this yeah. time. Yeah. So like, obviously there's an amount of success go that goes on with that. Um, but again, I think that Denis sort of, he layers the narrative in such a way that you don't really ask the questions. Like I didn't never looked at the movie like a mystery really till mm. maybe the final mm. act. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't that concerned with whatever mystery was going on. I just enjoyed the experience. You know? Yeah. So I think that's part of the cleverness. Yeah. Cause same with me. It's just like about halfway. I'm just like, wait, is the daughter happening in the past or is yeah. what we're watching, yeah, yeah. you know, happening in the past and the daughter, you know, happens after, you know, the arrival basically. So, I mean, cause we have it where Amy Adams, you know, she's a linguist, but she also happens to have top secret clearance from some sort of other job she did previously, I guess with the government, they don't really yeah. say what branch of the government, just the government. We you know don't the get CIA's too many there. movies where the linguist <laughs> is the superhero. Yeah, you know? no, I we sort don't. Of appreciate I mean, this that. Is, we know. Norm Chomsky ain't showing up in Bad Boys 4, you know, so that's uh, interesting. So, yeah, definitely interesting. <laughs> so we have our Amy Adams. She's approached by Forrest Whitaker, who, you know, kind of just, you know, goes into her office and, of course, puts the recording. He's just like, here, translate this. Yes. And you hear growls. Can, and it's just like, talk about that, that part like, was a little bit. Yeah. Like, how can you translate that? Let's like, talk about that scene. Because such it a just, dick. Yeah, it yeah. Seems and he gets like, pissed when yeah, he can. She's just like, how am I supposed to translate it's like a, growls? It's like a freaking meme. Like someone comes in and it's just, here's a recording. A bunch of dogs barking. And it's like, how would you translate that? Yeah, what, what is it saying? <laughs> well, if, if I could speak dog, yeah. I'd already be a millionaire if, and I wouldn't need you. If I was in her situation, I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. What are you showing me and, right now? And then he says, if I leave now, you lose your chance. Chance for what? Yeah. To figure out what this <laughs> growling is? Come on, man. <laughs> I think it's funny, too, because he's just like, well, you did the Farsi thing, and you didn't have to be there to, to you know I mean? You from her, video. her retort <laughs> was perfect. Like, it's like, I already what? fucking speak Farsi. Like, <laughs> yeah, I already speak <laughs> a totally different thing. <laughs> Sorry, I don't speak some weird-ass alien growling. And so I thought it was funny where he's just like, 
what does it say? And yeah. it's just like, what the fuck, man? Like, I just got this thing. Like, you yeah. can't let me hide, that, hold that on to it. That scene reminds me of Team America when oh, he's God. like, when he's like, <laughs> if you need to take your life, take this. And he gives him a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Come on, man. It'll get the job done. It won't be fun, but you got to have dedication. I, I want to ask because like it, it's, it's somewhat high concept and it's super heady. And, and ultimately for me, this movie gets me because of the emotion of the Amy Adams character. Uh, although shouts Jeremy Renner. It's nice to see him not in a superhero costume yeah. doing something with substance. He's he's cool. I want to see more stuff, maybe more Bourne movies with him or something. I don't know. Yeah. He can do more. And, you know, unfortunately, he's got a real estate business. And, and to be care, honest, but... yeah, to be honest, or real estate, I think it it's real estate. Yeah, I would both. <laughs> yeah, probably both. Too. But to be honest, I liked him way better in this movie than I did in the Marvel movie. Me too. Yeah. I like him when he does this kind of stuff. You yeah, know, so. I thought it was more believable. Hawkeye, terrible. But but I wanted to bring up so like because of what Denis cares about and what he's focusing on in this movie. Um, obviously, there's source material and stuff, but how he frames it and structures it, you don't get a lot of like the scope of what we're dealing with. Twelve locations, a bunch of alien ships. Yeah, we don't see like the president. We don't see like a bunch of explosions like we brought up. We see a little bit of Chinese warships. We barely, and they're talking on like Zoom, basically. You know, so it's pre-quarantine, <laughs> and they're all on Zoom and communicating they, with each other. They, you think the scope's too small? Is that distracting that it's like that? Uh, uh, no, not I, so much because they talk about how it's only two days since they have arrived, and how yeah. everybody's just you know they want answers they want answers so yeah. you know and i like how it is zoomed in if you broaden it out too much then i feel like it'll be too convoluted i yeah. think it's the right choice i just wonder like after three times watching it i think it this is what hurts its rewatchability because there's not a lot of other stuff going on because you would have questions like what is the president doing at this time or what are these other countries what's happening over there are they shoot are they pointing nuclear weapons at the thing or whatever because you don't get any of that i wonder if that impacts the rewatchability down the road but when it when because ultimately, to, once you know the payoff, it kind of deflates the balloon a little bit. To be completely honest, I think that it's not so much about a society view. It's more of yeah, Amy Adams' yeah. They definitely want you to and, focus on that. Yeah, that's but you the, can't help yourself, right? It's aliens on Earth, right? Like you, right. Have, yeah, you, yeah. you ask those yeah. questions. They, they do explore like, you know, the, the global conflict and kind of what's happening because you do have where, you know, some countries are just like, no, let's not mess with it. Let's just kind of see what happens and wait and see. Sierra Leone, they don't say a yeah, word. <laughs> China and Russia, who are just like, we've got to bomb this thing. And <laughs> of course, immediately, I'm just kind of like, okay, you know, not only is there a strange spacecraft, you know, there's aliens that exist, but what makes you think anything that you have, including nukes, could, do could actually, you yeah. know, kill this thing? Yeah, as so, usual. <laughs> once they show up, we've already lost. Yeah. But, I mean, that's the like, end of it. Right why would you think a bomb or anything would actually <laughs> unless, kill these? Unless you have <laughs> so, Bill Pullman and Randy Quaid in fighter jets. You're yeah, not going to win. Only one, that's yeah. the only way. Or okay. David Duchovny. Maybe. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in the movie, everyone is blaming China. Everyone. It's like, always China, all, yeah, man. All of the yeah. news, typical. All of the news sources are saying China's doing this, China's doing that. And they're like, China's making the first step. America was the first one to set off a bomb inside of one of the spaceships. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, today. no, it's not gonna be America. <laughs> those not. were those were rogue soldiers, though. So that's that's Still. different. America made the first thought, move. <laughs> why did they think a bomb would work? Yeah, I don't know knows, what the thought yeah. process. Like, why really would you don't. think a thought a bomb? Maybe if you put like a nuke in there and then exploded it, maybe. But even then, you I don't think that's know. what they thought. C four, that'll do the job. Yeah, <laughs> boom, boom, it'll work. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it's funny because you know when they go into the helicopter, when Amy Adams and the Jeremy Renner, and I see Jeremy Renner, I'm like, oh, I almost didn't recognize him without that stupid Hawkeye haircut, you know? And so <laughs> the Ronan haircut, and, that's yeah, really bad. So and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I didn't recognize him. He's got the little glasses 
glasses and everything. You know, he's adorable as scientist Jimmy he, Renner. He yeah, is. So, yeah. He can play smart guy. I'm okay with it. <laughs> so, but I do like it, like because we do get the shell and the shell. I'm not sure what shape it is. It's supposed to be oval. a jelly bean. Is it a jelly bean or <laughs> no, no, it's got it's like a, a weird it's like kind a of weird jelly bean? bean. Yeah, yeah, jelly bean cut in half. It's got yeah, a curve. A defective, yeah. a defective yeah. jelly bean. A defective bean. jelly bean. <laughs> I can believe that. So, and it's in this slick black, and they talk where there's twelve of them, like all across the earth. So there's twelve of them across the earth. And I actually did look up where apparently all of them, like they don't, I don't think they say in the movie or maybe they barely say it where they all sit exactly 28 feet from the surface. Interesting. And so all 12 of them just sit exactly 28 feet from the surface. So they're not touching down or anything like that. But I do really like the design of the shell. Oh, yeah. It's it's mysterious. It's very different. In in its simplicity, it has like a sense of beauty to it, I think, which is nice. It's like the Washington Monument. Yeah. Yeah. It has like a monument kind of vibe to it. I kind of dig that. It does. And so, don't overthink it. Yeah, exactly. And of course, there's 12 of them. And then later on, you know, you find out that you need all 12, you know, to have, I guess you could say, the weapon. Yeah. Because, you know, there's that whole loss in translation where you have. Um, was it Bill Abbott Murray and Costello? Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, and Bill Murray. We have Abbott and Costello where they're talking about offer a weapon, and of course they've said the same thing, I guess, to the Chinese. And, yeah, you know they're interpreting weapon, and then you know you have all this mess going on. But I do really like that design of the shell, and it's just it's it is, and I don't know about you guys, but it is kind of scary when you see it, and mm. if you kind of put yourself in the shoes of like oh, the yeah. scientists, yeah, just like yeah. Fuck that. I'm not going to that going shell. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> if I, that thing ever landed on Earth, I'm staying as far away from I, that as possible. Again, and, we have said it ad nauseum on the podcast, but the stuff that they don't show you is fascinating. Amy Adams goes in and she's super frazzled and she comes out and she's like, am I going to get fired? And he's like, you did way better than the last guy. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that's all you need to say, like to understand like what's happening. There. Yeah. yeah. I think the, the sense of time is the way that they use it is very interesting. Because it opens every 18 hours and you get the alarm clock that yeah. goes off. 15 minutes before they had before it goes to an open i think it yeah. is yeah and i and i like that they keep it vague because it goes along with the entire theme of the movie because you don't really know or have a sense of when things yeah. are happening we so, know as much as they do the exactly yeah. exactly which i so, which i dig that and also it's a two-hour movie so it helps keep the plot moving quickly yeah, yeah. it does so. and i i thought i feel like i remembered it being a little bit shorter than what it is at, at a, a, just under two hours I thought it was like a 90 minute movie the first time I saw it, but I think I was sort of enthralled uh, when I saw it in the movie theater. Now watching it at home, I think there are a few moments that can drag a tiny, tiny yeah. bit. Not brutal, but a tiny, Maybe tiny like, bit. Yeah, I could see me on your third time watching how there's some scenes that kind of drag with me because this is my first time. I was pretty much engaged, mm-hmm. you know, the full ride from yeah, start to same finish. Here, same That's here. why I would say like, you know, if this is your first time watching it, oh yeah, you're going to have, you know what I mean? You're going to be really intrigued by it and you're going to like it. So but I do really like, you know, when they're in the shell and you've got the gravity shot, right? Oh, yeah, when yeah. They, when they, it's you know, that was very interesting. Not yeah. only is it great, it looks and, great. Yeah. It looks and the sound works and, perfectly. You know, I don't it. know about you, it, you get that, even with that gravity shot, you get that sense of just uneasiness. You yeah. know, when they kind of yeah. go, you, you're jumping up, but when you jump up, you go to the sideways. Side. Yeah, yeah. You, you end up upright, I guess. And, and when so, uh, Jeremy Renner eats it, oh, man, it was oh, hilarious. Yeah. I was expecting <laughs> him to fall straight I was off like, kick that, that turns around. <laughs> <laughs> Where's your bow this time? <laughs> Listen, they should have threw him off of uh, Vormir. You yeah, know? that should have right. been him. So, this is a rival. Just, so, yeah, just <laughs> there was a moment. There was a moment that they did something that they did it just for the show. Shot and it jarred me and pulled me out of the movie for an, what uh, was for that? An it's when they're in the cherry picker and then they raise the cherry picker up. And oh, is that cherry... what that's called? The cherry picker? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And then Jeremy Renner runs his hand along the sides as they're driving the cherry picker. And I'm thinking, that's a safety violation. Yeah. You, yeah. you yeah. move it before you raise it up because it's going to tip over. I'd be terrified <laughs> to even yeah. touch that thing. <laughs> 
but they definitely did that just for the shot. You mean the the cherry picker will tip over or the or the bean will tip over? Uh, no, no, just uh, yeah. raising it up and then Jeremy Renner's running his hand the along the side of the shell. <laughs> so the shell. so let's talk a little bit about the heptapods because on on balance, like I I joke, they sort of look like the Simpsons aliens a little bit. Oh, um, like Kodos and Kang. <laughs> yeah, right. A little oh, bit. Right? Yeah, you but, know what? But they also do. consider like the idea of like you just how... ruined this movie. Yeah, <laughs> you'll we'll never watch it. The You're same right. Again. <laughs> oh my god. I thought that the first time I saw it, but regardless, like, not it's a hard sell of like the glass shield, the way they interact with them, and how little you see of them in the cloudy sort of fog. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any issues with it, or were you just like sort of enthralled every time they were around? I thought it was nice because there was a big contrast between their world and Earth. Obviously, there's atmosphere issues and things yeah, like that, yeah. which they sort of hint but at. When, but when when it when it comes down to it, if you're nitpicking and asking certain questions, like you're gonna wonder why didn't they just bring everyone into that atmosphere if they're going to bring Amy Adams' character eventually in there? Yeah. So, it, but like, maybe she couldn't go in until she had the language. Gra- I don't know. Maybe that, there's yeah, stuff we don't understand. That could be it as well, but. If you're just looking at it in the sense of building a visual, yeah. it looks great. And yeah, I know I was director, surprised that it worked as well as it yeah, did. and I think it works really well because watching it, you know, because I'm I don't know, uh, watching with the headphones in and just kind of being fully like just engraved with the story, you know, you do get that tension, especially with that music playing in the background. You know, yeah. the, the yeah. aliens really, Abbott and really Costello's well. pretty much theme, mm-hmm. and they are the aliens. I would say do a very good job because they're threatening and mysterious. They're almost the same as the shell, where you're just like, "What the hell is this exactly. thing? Yeah, no, and I how agree. are you going to communicate?" Yeah. And they are they do have a sense of just being scary because they're so out of your realm of. It's almost like cosmic horror. You yeah. just don't know how to exactly. They- perceive it we talked about there's this level of creepiness that like i think it's it's sort of understated on purpose but because it's understated like you don't know how tall they are you can't quite see them very well they look like squids it's very weird but like there certain moments where they crank up the volume like when he touches the glass or whatever you're sort of like oh shit you know we're we're out of our league here yeah and i appreciate that and so and even like the director he talked about like the challenge of creating the aliens too because originally he wanted to try to do practical effects yeah which you just couldn't really do for this type of movie because of how big they are i mean you could they did do it with that one scene didn't they uh you know i don't know which which scene is it when uh they're talking about that hypothesis the superior superior when they show it in the corner yeah when they show in the corner uh you know i'm not sure if that is i I don't know it might be practical with some it did look good yeah Yeah, i think it could have been cgi or maybe it was a mix of the both they are scary because you know you don't until the very end of course you don't realize that they're much bigger than what they're showing and really you just see it looks like kind of an old kind of hand or just squid or tentacles whatever it is yeah. is but they are very scary just in the fact where it's just like you're just a tentacle hand and that's really you know as far as you know you're just a tentacle hand and that, that's that it breaks up but, into other hands yeah that breaks into other hands <laughs> and that's also squid like and yeah, shooting yeah. but uh, yeah. it's the adams family but, you know they um they really give the alien and they all say it like on any video you watch on you know this movie where they give the aliens a strong presence and they're when they make them and even with the sounds they describe them as if they're like whales so they kind of do mm. like a whale sound yeah i there. got that vibe. Yeah, yeah, and it's the same thing because well. you look at the whales through the sort of glass if you're at sea world or something yeah. like that and there's this same vibe with these aliens yeah, you're treating them almost the same you. way yeah, they, yeah, yeah they, they're, exactly. they're way there, bigger they they're way you. stronger but you know please don't but, but <laughs> and, and that's the thing of this movie too where it's like you get the shell and then you get the heptapods and they really do a great job with the scaling where you just you you know that the shell is massive when you know from watching it as far as with the visuals you know the shell is just incredibly massive yeah. and you know these creatures are just incredibly massive and just unearthly and 
they do a good job of showing like everything is just bigger than what you yeah, are right now. Yeah. They do a good job in showing even Jeremy Renner and the, you know Amy Adams, the scientist, where you know they're so small, even with their vast when, knowledge, because you're when dealing they with take something the out of suits your realm. Off, did you have a problem with that? Um, now, if you're talking about breaking protocol, yeah, yeah that's I was breaking like, protocol. Yeah, I was definitely, and then they don't even shut the session down. They're yeah. just like, yeah, let them go. You know, <laughs> I, I would put it this way. Uh, as far as just being, because I'm, you know, in the realm of the movie and because they're just like pushing on Amy Adams, they're just like, well, why aren't you giving us results? And it's like, you know, like, hey, guy, why don't you try translating? Aliens? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, and she's like, she's trying to prevent a massive war going on because she's trying to teach them their language, you yeah, know, as opposed yeah, to, you know, why are you here? Why are you we, here? We spoke about a little bit last week when we did Mad Max, right? Charlize Theron and the way she's able to pull off Furiosa is is incredible. And she shows vulnerability, mm. even though she's a badass and she just kills everybody, you know, in that movie. Here, Amy Adams does something that, that's why I thought she'd be nominated for an Oscar. I was surprised she wasn't. She shows a lot of vulnerability the whole time. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. that first but, interaction. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. Yeah. She's yeah, yeah. stoic and vulnerable yeah. and possibly broken because we don't understand the timeline. But when she needs to rise to the occasion, it happens every time. And like, mm. it's very difficult to pull something like that off. So again, I, I find her to be one of the more fascinating female characters the last five, 10 years, uh, just because of that, how well she was able to perform that and how well it was written for a female character. Mm. I don't think that happens a lot in Hollywood. And it's one of the reasons I really, really liked this movie when I first yeah. saw it. Yeah. And Definitely think, a strong female lead. Yeah. But not anything cheap in there. You oh, know? yeah. So, and, I think, and actually, the chemistry with Renner, too, is interesting. Yeah, you know? it works. It sort yeah. of grows yeah. and yeah. works yeah. in an interesting yeah, it, way. It, so. it does it does grow and work and same thing even with you know the female protagonist role like everything is earned in that movie mm, yeah and i think that's why like the trailer you know but same thing with the trailers like how do you actually sell this yeah. to regular audience yeah, members you know that. what i mean unless it's like hey this is another independence day with amy adams you know and <laughs> it's so, a little difficult yeah yeah you got I will get smith that. punching the you know the heptapod saying welcome, welcome to, to earth, earth. yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice good pull good pull i would have liked that scene they should have did that scene <laughs> so and then put the cigar oh, in the mouth how do you get it in here get him out of here <laughs> just will smith walking up in there i kept expecting Harry Connick Jr. would walk in at some point. It just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Not <laughs> yet. <laughs> so with the editing, there's one thing that I kind of, there's a few things that I want to nitpick at and I kind of find were unnecessary. All the instances where the child, the, the daughter was a teenager. Yeah, Hannah. And, yeah. yeah, when Hannah was a teenager. Three different actresses played Hannah at different ages. I think it's uh, six, eight, and 12. Oh, so. what about the baby? And the baby. Oh, actually, yeah, four. four. Kind of, <laughs> what, yeah, good wait, point. <laughs> wasn't there one that was older than 12? Uh, the teenager. I yeah, think. the teenager I think one. Yes. There was a teenager yeah, one. Yeah, I don't know. And I, I felt that that was not necessary at all. Oh yeah. There was one scene where she's like, "I hate you," and then I get it, why they put yeah. it in there though. And then yeah. there was a moment where they're having this interaction where she's trying to figure out what the the terminology of a zero sum game. Non zero sum game. Yeah, non zero sum game. Yeah, 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 -zero -sum -sum game. Yeah. So she's trying to figure that out. And I thought it was relatively clever. It, it was relatively clever, but it wasn't necessary to the movie. It, well, like they could have because had... what you don't. I mean, again, like we we were talking about spoilers here because it's such a nonlinear story. I wasn't asking a lot of questions. I had no idea or cared really to know that Jeremy Renner and her end up together, and this is their child. Yeah. Right. So like these are these little hints, and and I think like he understands the audience isn't asking that question, but he's giving you these hints anyway. Yeah, but because he's going to lead you there eventually. What I'm saying is that she eventually succumbs to cancer, whatever the disease is, yeah. when she's in this teenager age. She could have done that younger, like or went on her 12 year old age or whatever, and totally. Well, I think you're missing a huge piece there, which is the the ending is incredibly emotionally impactful because it comes down to if you. You know everything that's going to happen and we're going to talk a little bit about the time travel and you still choose to to choose the same path 
you know, I think the question there in this movie, it's presented basically like, are, can you even make choices? If it's a circle and everything's predetermined, so, the nonlinear time travel, what does it matter? But yeah. really, when the argument that they preface with Renner and Amy Adams' character, Banks and Donnelly, is like, how could you still do all these things knowing what you yeah, knew? Yeah, what the end road and is. And that but, uh, is the emotional ending the, that uh, really drives. And it was gonna, it was not going to be the original ending. That's and, and, different and it doesn't from the change. Story. It doesn't change it. If you take out the teenage, I think you years have to the have movie, these things like these seeds plant. I think the seeds had to be planted for that to work. Yeah, and I, I think, think some of those are maybe not all though. Maybe you're right, but some of them had. To yeah, be planted. I think I think it is. It does show some impact as far as like even with the angry teenager. Because it's just like, oh, yeah. not everything was perfect, but she still chose to, you know, as far as to still relive it and do everything the same. See, okay, in that's the book, a, that's a valid yeah, point. Yeah, in, in the book, actually, her daughter ends up dying from a, like a skiing accident. Oh, so something that's actually totally avoidable. Yeah. And I think that, that works could, less yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't work as well. So, so it's kind of like in the book, um, Amy Adams' character is Louise. You know, her daughter ends up dying like a skiing accident, which is completely avoidable. But I guess the whole thing is, no matter what she would have done, you know what I mean? Mm. It, she still would have passed away from something. Mm. And I guess like the whole premise is, you know, enjoy the time that you have. You know, final live destination. In the, live in the present. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the ironic. And the guy right who wrote yeah, so. Final Destination Five, right? I think this is an interesting <laughs> thing. It leads sort of into. Do we have questions or do we accept this idea of time travel right. in essence that occurs in this movie? Because there is the Chang scene. Um, Which uh, was probably like the worst part of this yeah, movie for me. Before we, before it does we feel yeah. out of place, but you have to have it, right? Yeah, so. you do have to have it. Let's talk a little about the language before we get into the Chang scene. Yes, yeah, yes, so, let's go into so, it. So um, the language, they really did take their time in production developing this alien language. Peptides or what's it called? Oh, I forgot like, what They created called. a name for yeah, it. Yeah, they created yeah. a name for it. So, Interesting. Um, but yeah, it's funny because they even talk about it's this abstract kind of art looking coffee stain thing. I dig it. Yeah. And, I'd put it on my wall. And, I'd put like the yeah, three tiles it. above my couch. Yeah, I'd put it on there. Yeah. <laughs> What's it say? Uh, get bitches, get money. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're a man of many words, Nick. Like, yes, I am. So, <laughs> But, you know, I do like the design as far as the language. And of course, you got to go with the circle because, well, you know, everything, it's not linear, right? Everything yeah, kind of in yeah, a circle yeah. goes with the major themes of the movie. The it's the antithesis of Avengers and, uh, Endgame. <laughs> it, it immediately reminded me, and uh, minor spoiler, I guess, for Rick and Morty, not really Rick and Morty, but the the artist or the creator, Dan Harmon, where he does the yeah. storytelling structure and it's like, oh, it's just a fucking circle. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's immediately what I'm reminded of. And so all these aliens are like Dan Harmon, you know, they're just telling everything, every yeah. story is in a circle. So, but, um, um, I do like as far as the circle, it's its own unique language and it does have its own set of, I guess, of grammar, its own set of rules, too. Yeah. And I do like how they, you know, they were able to kind of decode a little bit of it and at least put everything, I guess, on that iPad where, yeah. you know, they actually, but they actually made the language and they made, I guess, a hundred yeah, different characters a lot of for time, production yeah. in making these things and used about and 70 of them throughout the yeah. movie. So, yeah. yeah, they actually are. Even when you have it where um, either Abbott, Abbott or Costello when they kind of do the big ink blotch and they're able to record it. And mm -hmm. it's just many of them. All these little ones. Yeah, yeah, all in one. And of course, you know, uh, Renner scientist, Hawkeye scientist, yep. Hawkeye <laughs> physicist. Hawkeye physicist. Yeah, Hawkeye Ronan. Physicist, yeah. You know, yeah. he's Ronan with an iPad. And, you know, decoding <laughs> everything. But like, it's one of 12, whatever 8.333 is. And so... <laughs> can I can I ask you guys a quick question, a little bit of a tangent, but what did you guys think about mid-movie where Jeremy Renner is just narrating for a bit? Um, I'm fine with it because it's just that explanation as far as with, you know, the heptapod because he is the lead on the team. And so because he is the lead on the team, he's the one I guess is able to classify them and at least do some writing to record at least their presence. But it, it's and, obviously a kind of montage, a quote unquote yeah. montage to kind of I think it's I think it's important it. and to your point where this movie cuts it's like just under long. yeah, it's yeah. just under two hours. 
you don't care. You're, we're trying to focus in on the things that you care about. And ultimately, we care about this emotional journey of the Louise Banks character. Mm. So I think some of that's unavoidable, but it didn't take me out of it, really. Yeah, definitely didn't take me out of it. It, it did speed things up, but I was definitely fine with it um, as far as I'm just putting a little bit more explanation because I think hey, there was point Tom time, Hardy narrating in the road and Mad Max. Yeah, so I mean, true. I mean, we can't avoid these blood. things. <laughs> and that's bait. And anyway, Shawshank Redemption's <laughs> got a lot of narration. I mean, you yeah. can't argue with it. I like the, I like the description that Jeremy Renner does just because you're still kind of lost in that movie. Not so much like narratively, but you're still lost as far as like what exactly are these, you know, these alien creatures. Yeah, and so yeah. I do like it where it's like, it's heptopod, right? Mm -hmm. It's just five and it's, you know, yeah, yeah. it stands about seven feet tall, heptopod, <laughs> you know? And so, but it, it is interesting because, you know, Louise, of course, starts dreaming in their language. Yeah. And I think when they mention whatever the, uh, what was the hypothesis where they're the dreaming superior, in their- Superior Wharf. Superior Wharf. Yeah. So when they mentioned that, Look that's when I start to kind of get the impression or get the, you know, I start to suspect like there's something going on because she's dreaming a little bit differently. I'm like, is the daughter happening in the past or happening in the future? Because that's when I start to kind of, what do we, you know, let, get a little let's, bit let's go, let's go heady on talking flick. Do we, do we think this hypothesis is deserve some credibility? I or? don't know any other languages, so I don't I, know. I, I speak know? <laughs> a little Greek. I took Spanish for a while and I always used to ask my dad, I, cause he's a uh, bilingual, he's from Greece. And I used to say like, do you think in Greek or do you think in English? And he would always say Greek. And I was like, I wonder if that like, what does that impact? Like how you watch the Celtics or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, do you have a thought on that? Like, is I, it I don't, I find I, it, I honestly feel it's kind that of it mind boggling. Does, yeah, no, it is. And it's crazy what the human mind can do. But I feel like it does have some standing because I know quite a few bilingual people and how they speak in English and how they speak in other languages. They become different personalities. They're still the same person with the same thoughts and beliefs and, and, and whatnot. But how they interact, how aggressive or how uh, timid they are changes. And it's very yeah. interesting. Interesting. So I feel that as you like project yourself, it's that idea of faking it until you make it or whatever. Yeah. You put out this image of yourself that everyone can see. And from there, your personality builds from that. And I think with the language that you're speaking, how you're putting yourself out there kind of dictates how you're going to act around those other people. So. Yeah. Yeah, each language has its own sort of personality that goes mm. along with it, you know? How'd yeah. you like the dream sequence when the uh, alien shows up in the corner? Yeah, that yeah, was, scared the shit out of me. It works because it's a quick cut. And yeah. I think that really makes that, the, all the difference. And I do think it that, was that last yeah, two seconds longer. Earned. Maybe it doesn't work. So uh, I think it is earned because it's just you have it where she's kind of talking with Jeremy Renner and you have a weird cut when she's talking where it's like a left right type of cut. Mm. And when, when she, if you kind of caught it a little mm. bit, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a little unsettling that whole scene. And then when it finishes with just the heptopod or just the legs of the heptopod there, that's when it's like, oh man, this is really, you know what I mean? That's where it's really creepy. But yeah, then you yeah. get and I, sense, and like, I think there's more going I think there's on this, with her. There's this moment there. That's when you finally start asking the right questions about yeah. what the movie's about. It's right in that pocket and of time. You know what it is too? Because there's also that scene after that where Louise just kind of has to sit down because, you know, she's having a flashback. Yeah. Because she keeps on getting these flashbacks. And she flashbacks. doesn't understand yes, what they are. Because she keeps on getting the flashback of her daughter. Yeah. And then you're just like, okay, it's, you know, it's she's her daughter. She's grieving more and more. Yeah, yeah. But then you're just kind of like, oh, wait. You know, this has this happened yet. And that's when you're just, you know, when you start to kind of put it together, like, is the daughter from the future of the past? Because then she does 
eventually say later on when she's picked up in the shell and she's in there, she doesn't know who that little girl is. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny when the shell comes out of the shell, I'm just like, man, it's like that Russian thing. There's just so many, how many shells are in <laughs> who, that shell? I, I actually <laughs> found that that was an emotional moment when she was like, who's the little girl? Yeah. When she just blatantly asked the question and you're like, how could you, what's happening here? I, I remember thinking in the moment, like, am I missing what this movie is about? Is, is, is she getting her mind wiped? Is she losing her memory or what's happening here? And then when it's sort of, when you sort of figure it out, you sort of feel goofy not understanding it and you're like oh this is a movie about time and i don't i don't i think like it's smart because it doesn't it doesn't sell it away it doesn't give you the boat right away it you float around in the water and then all of a sudden you're like okay i kind of get what this movie's about and then they're like okay now we'll explain was that was that the turn it's intentional yeah i think that was that was the turn i i would i would say when it's just you start to kind of ask or you start to, you know, suspect. Because like, why do we care this isn't that linear. much, you know, up until that and point? And then, of course, you know, with the whole circle thing, you're just like, well, it's, yeah. you know, that's not how they think. Also, mm-hmm. you know, it's also not linear. But, you know, basically Amy Adams it, becomes Dr. Manhattan. It, you know? It's actually, <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because it's, it's one of those things where, like, you sort of, because of all the movies you've seen over time and all the stuff that, all the baggage you bring into the movie theater, you're sort of preconditioned to think, like, well, she lost a daughter and that will uh, direct her, that'll influence her decision making on what she's going to do when she has to make when the conflict presents itself yeah yeah but instead they sort of spin it on its head and yeah, that has nothing to do with it yeah I, and i, I think like that that's what makes it crazy fascinating yeah right? yeah so, <laughs> he's right. using so, our preconceived notions against us and so I, I dig that let's talk about i like being General messed Chang. with okay yeah i was All just right. about to bring it up so <laughs> i definitely felt this is a bit of a cop-out when he's just like, my Me very too. specific Me number. Too. And then this is what I said. He's got too. a gold phone. <laughs> is that like gold plated? <laughs> or what's up with this phone? In, yeah. case, in case this is going to help you out later, Amy Adams. First of all, this is my who's still using, who's still using a, a Blackberry, out. a Nokia? Whatever, like, what's up with that phone? <laughs> I don't know. Go check out Unbox Therapy. There's some crazy phones. Are there? All <laughs> yeah. right. That's and like if, what J- Jared Leto would use in Suicide Squad or something. Like, what's up with that are, thing? If you are insanely opulent, yeah, there are some some phones yeah, out right. there for you that's solid gold <laughs> but uh, first thing that came to my mind was oh counselor han from uh, rush hour yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and how do you say his name zima or something he's, so, he's been around yeah he's been the, around it, definitely it, and you know what it is too because you get when, when it happens you get the grandfather paradox right yeah it's just you get the yes. grandfather paradox you get the snake that eats its own tail yeah the which, yeah, yeah which always happens with time you didn't think it was going to happen with yeah, this man but they had to wrap it up somehow i do feel like it was a bit well, of a cop-out but here's, it, here's the thing it, i'm going to tell you why i give it a pass because again time time travel is just goof it's nonsense yeah you know and i think like endgame making fun of it is is an interesting way to sort of yada 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 it yeah here like they sort of lean in in a way that we hadn't really seen in a movie yet so again like linear is you make a choice and a line goes on like when uh, tilda swinton does that in endgame when she's t- talking to mark ruffalo or oh Kenny yeah Moore, right but non-linear is like it's all done. Like you can't make any choices. It's one circle and nothing you do will change that, which is why we can talk in circles and we know everything, you know, constantly. Mm. So I think like to have it visually laid out in a, in a movie that's entertaining, uh, I, I find that to be sort of like credible, you know, like I'm shocked that they were able to pull it, goes it off. It goes with the theme. Yeah. 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 It, it goes, goes with, with the theme, theme of the know? movie. Yeah. It's not like back but to the future. I still, you know, I know. <laughs> you know? I kind of wish though, like, 
how she gets these answers, I'm like, I'm fine it, with. Yeah. But, General but Chang did it. It's a circle. She <laughs> but, could be anywhere within the circle when she understands. But I language. wish they did it in a different manner. He could have mentioned to her, oh, you called me on my direct line. <laughs> and then. I think the scene goes on a little bit. It's almost yeah, like he's going to wink, not. like, wink. You know? yeah, like, exactly. It's maybe yeah, like exactly. two beats too long. But but... It could have been more organic where, like, she's they're explaining it to another person, yeah. a third party. He's like, oh, she called me directly on my line. It's like, oh, I don't have that number. And he's like, oh, it's this, 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 this. But <laughs> and then, uh, like she, he could have been giving. A he speech. spells it out. Yeah, he might yeah. as well as flashcards. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then, and then he let me enunciate it for you, so you know how to say it correctly. And, and, again, they they could have had him giving a speech, like speaking to everyone, saying he's just walking this, around yeah, in a tux. This woman said the most beautiful thing to me, and yeah. I will always remember it. And then he says it out to everyone, and that could have been the moment where she's like, "Okay, this is what I have to say." But no, <laughs> he talks directly to her and says these are the things you need to tell me in yeah. the past. <laughs> but but again, I, I do think that there is some merit to that because what they're basically stating is he figures out the language also. So these are two people that yeah. now understand the language communicating within the circle. Everything is predetermined, right? Because he speaks with them too. Yeah, he does. Like yeah. He figures it out too, which is why those two sort of solve the, the world, the global crisis, which right? Which is interesting. But but... I want to just defend it in this one case and say, again, it's not really the thesis of the movie. It's not what the movie's yeah, about. Yeah. So to have these it things, is funny though. It's not the yeah, aliens. It it's not the time travel. You know what I mean? It's like, definitely a cop out. It, yeah. It's about the protagonist. So I, yeah, you know. it, it, it is a little bit. It, it's funny. It's a little bit of a cop out, but it still works. And yeah, that's why you yeah. give it a pass. I, give it's, it a pass. It's rip for it's rife for parody, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you sell it for you know, like okay, General Chang probably he he cracked the code too. He knew yeah. how to understand the universal language, or at least got into it. But. When, when, when the climax of this movie happened, I don't know if you guys thought of it, but as I was watching this, the movie that came into my mind was Paycheck. Have you seen that one? Yeah, oh, so it's, it's been forever. Crappy, yeah. Yeah. crappy movie. Yeah. What, ben Affleck? Ben Affleck, yeah. And Aaron Eckhart, right? Yeah, it's Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, yeah. And, so. and he can see into the future, and that's the first thing that came into my <laughs> yeah. mind. Yeah, that movie is bad. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going to move on to uh, rating and closing. So any final thoughts you want to give it? I guess I'll go first. Uh, first time watching it, it's pretty good. I don't know about rewatchability if I'll enjoy it. I could see as far as watching it again and just picking up on things you, you know, you missed before, but it's worth at least one watch. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. Really That's solid strong. Seven yeah. And a half. Yeah, yeah, That's pretty strong. And you know what? I'll be checking out prisoners pretty soon just because it looks kind of crazy. And I was looking into it a little bit. I don't want it spoiled just yet, but I think that's something I'm just going to I'd be interested in your yeah. thoughts on that particular you know, movie. because I this have director some, that yeah. I can't pronounce his name, you know, Denis. Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's it's worth at least one watch to check out his other stuff. For sure. Prisoners, yeah. So, yeah. but that's what I'll give it a nice, good, hard seven and a half. So this is the first time for me watching it, and it was recommended to me by a bunch of different people, and it was something that was on my radar, but I wasn't really into the whole sci-fi thing at the moment, and I was like, I'll check it out later, but I felt that why not watch it for the podcast, and it ended up being a very good ride. I enjoyed it, and I liked that... It this was, was your first time too, right? Yeah, this is my oh, first okay. time. All right. Yeah. I thought, Did, can I ask you? I don't want to interrupt just for, briefly. You're yeah. gonna have a kid soon. Does yeah. it impact you emotionally anymore because of you know you're expecting? And that's a pretty recent recent news. Yeah, you're I'm, not Amy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's or gonna you, happen yeah. to my kid. You <laughs> don't know what a... it's like to be a mom. But I do think like we didn't cover that emotional aspect of it. Like because she, like you mentioned, well, she's twelve or a teenager, whatever. That time is still really valuable, regardless of how it ends. Yeah, and and there's you know, and that's what I that's what I was gonna uh, mention is that I did like how they portrayed this movie because initially when I first jumped into the movies, I was like, oh, it's about grief, it's about loss, and then coping yeah. with that. 
that. And then it being about acceptance and allowing things to happen. Like it's that, is it better to live and lose? Lo- like, yeah, exactly. Lost. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, to, to yeah, never have loved at all. Yeah. And I yeah. think that in those little moments where she argues with her daughter are little tidbits of that. Like these aren't great the moments, yeah. but it's yeah. still part of it all. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I did like that. And that's what really changed my opinion on this movie. Originally, I was going to give it a 7.5 by the end of it. But after sitting and letting it marinate, I think I'm going to give it an 8.0. Yeah. 8.0. Okay. Right. That's pretty it's good. Pretty all right. right. What do you got, Nick? So for me, like, you know, you know, give me the hammer and you guys are nails. I, I feel like in 2016 i saw i thought it was like a mediocre movie year overall and of the movies i saw in the movie theater nothing blew me away like crazy crazy this is the year that la la land and moonlight kind of went head to head in yeah. the oscars what a I, year 2016 yeah right <laughs> free quarantine you know oh, we can still go hang out yeah, it all started with Huntman, that damn gorilla <laughs> and i saw this in pretty short order with manchester by the sea which is definitely a movie about oh, grief and loss manchester really tough sea. watch yeah, that's good. um but and, and this covers some of that same ground just on a different on a different plane right i really liked it and i think the first time i saw it i was pretty emotionally blown away by it and again, it basically put Denis Villeneuve on like, I got to see this more of this guy. I got to yeah. see Blade Runner. I can't wait for that. I'll probably watch Dune. You know, maybe he's not must see top five, top 10, but he's right around there, you know, because yeah. he's he's an auteur and he has a vision. But there is this idea that it's not crazy rewatchable. And now that I've seen it three times, like I don't think it's an easy movie to go back to. Once you've seen the story, once you see what he's going for, it's it's not the easiest sell the mm-hmm. second, third, fourth time around. I'll watch it again probably, but I'm not jumping up and down. To, like I wouldn't recommend someone who's already seen it to see it again. Mm. But if you've never seen it, I highly recommend it, you know? Yeah. So it's one of those that like, I'm going to give it a 6.5 on the shot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course. Sicario is very rewatchable. Oh, Sicario is very It's good. an easy watch, but this one, not necessarily so. But I almost think this movie's smarter than what Sicario is. It's just different, you know? And I think sometimes a movie can come along where it impacts you. It gives you this emotional sort of impact, but you, you're not v- jumping up and down to rewatch it over and over again. And I think that's why it was number seven on the year for me in 2016. I think that's about right. It was right below Hell or High Water, another hard watch that maybe isn't super rewatchable, yeah. but it's got a lot of emotional impact the right first now, time. Yeah. Oh, it's great. And I think it's on Netflix. It you is on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe I'll make you guys watch that at some point. But I will say like, it's really, really worth it, especially if you've never seen it. So a 6.5 is not a shot at it. It's just comfortably there because it's not the most rewatchable film. So Yeah, and I could see that. All right, so we're going to move on to our next segment, We Got Mail. So if you have a question, insane fan theory, or an episode idea, you can email us at talkingflick at gmail.com. Talkingflick at gmail.com. All right, so I got an email here from Julie who says, what is the one movie slash TV show you're embarrassed you haven't seen or have seen and hate to admit it? So mm, kind of like question, the Julie. Godfather thing, you know, everybody's seen the Godfather. Every so single movie for producer but... Ryan, every movie ever yeah, made. Yeah, that's my answer. Every movie. <laughs> Actually, for me, a big thing that comes up is the Lord of the Rings. Oh, I have wow. ever seen it? That's crazy. Yeah. What? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Outrageous. Yeah. Outrageous. I have not seen a single Lord of the Rings movie. I, I've read the They're books. I, I've read all of The Hobbit. I've read the first one and the second one. Haven't finished uh, Return of the King. And you're just on the cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. I know. I would, right? would you, you recommend? It is it? I don't know that it's must, but would you recommend reading the books before the movies? Uh, no. I think I read the books. Into, you can just go into the movies. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, but uh, the movies are well worth the watch. You yeah, know? that's what I keep on hearing, but I just haven't watched them. They're it on seems Netflix. like right oh, up you your know alley too. They're all on Netflix except for Fellowship of the Ring, which oh, is like, you know, why what? would you do that? You know, you need the first one at least. Like, I have Fellowship of the Ring. 
because I got it free from Google Play. They just oh, gave okay. it to me. Having, <laughs> having listened to you on Dragon Questicles, it's it's right up your yeah, wheelhouse. Yeah, that is like that is definitely it's so like odd in your that house. you haven't yeah, explored that in your wheelhouse. Yeah. So yeah, give it a watch. It's well worth the watch. It's been a while since I've seen it, but it's it's well worth the watch. And it's interesting how Peter Jackson just made all three movies. Mm. It's you know all, what this and is yeah, yeah. back to back. And, it's it's funny to me because I love The Hobbit, the book. And I yeah. don't love the Lord of the Rings books quite as much, but the Lord of the Rings movies are infinitely better than the Hobbit movie. Oh, the Hobbit infinitely movies are terrible. Yeah, yeah they're, they're almost, so bad. I don't know about terrible, but they're not good. <laughs> they're definitely not good. Yeah, <laughs> I heard mixed opinions on it. Yeah, they're def they're definitely not good. Uh, with me, I still haven't seen The Godfather. So oh, haven't haven't seen it. I've One heard, day, yeah, One I've heard enough, some people where they, they've seen it, they don't like it. This I is know the it's business we have chosen. <laughs> you gotta watch it. It's embarrassing. One day I'll watch it. Is it just Netflix be still? a grown up. It, it was on. Netflix. Uh, it was on Netflix. Yeah, Look. but I, here's what I'm going to tell you: if you've never seen it before, and I've done this with a few people that have never seen it, um, HBO does the ultimate cut, which is just Godfather nope. one and two, nope. and you squeeze them together, nope. and they reverse the timeline and kind of spread it out. Is that so like seven like, hours? No, it's actually like four and a half. Nope. Or something. Oh no, nope. I'm oh telling you, God. that's a hard. Yeah. Yeah. If you've never <laughs> done it, watch it that way for the first time. Because I wish I could have seen it that way. Next quarantine the first for time. sure. Yeah. yeah. Next. So, next. What quarantine. else are you doing? Come on. I'm doing homework. <laughs> yeah. Those are those are both embarrassing, and I'm ashamed to be on the same podcast with both of you on a movie podcast. Uh, yeah. Right. Lord <laughs> of the Rings and my God. Yeah, Lord of the Rings only the biggest movies of all time. Yeah. I've never seen Jaws. You know, like that's crazy. What's wrong with you people? Mine is pretty embarrassing. Maybe not on the same level. And I'm, I'm almost ashamed to say it on air. Um, I have seen some of it. And it's more embarrassing that I don't like it as much as everybody. I am not a fan and have not seen every episode of The Wire. Mm. And I feel like every What's time the I bring wire? it, no, I'm <laughs> I, I know you know, and it's HBO, is, yeah. which is as you know, right up in my wheelhouse. And it's one of those things. And I would put Sopranos in the bucket too. I've seen a lot of them. I haven't seen every one of them, they've and aged, I don't though. love it either. They've they've aged. This is the um, thing where like I can have a discussion with somebody, and as soon as I mention that, like they'll get up and walk away. Yeah, it's it's like I, I'm sorry, you know, maybe I've got to go back to so, it, or I just don't get it. I've tried know? watching uh, The Wire and Sopranos, and they're not they're not bad, but they have aged. Like yeah, the first seasons have something aged about quite it. a bit, you yeah. know. And I'm sure they're all very, very good, but it's just, you know what? They've aged and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I think next quarantine, they, they for hold sure, a capsule you know, in time and that's, yeah. and that's fine. Yeah, they are. Fine. But yeah. people who love them really, really love them. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the Breaking Bad's the new wire, isn't it? Yeah. Or, yeah. And that's another one. I've been criticized for not liking Breaking Bad as much as I should or something, right. too. So How I'm, dare you? I'm yeah. in the bucket there also. Have opinions yeah. of your own. <laughs> you should be embarrassed. You. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> You're an embarrassment. If I was your father, I'd look down at you with disdain. Listen, I'm a Weekend at Bernie's guy type, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, right. you got to factor that in. It's part of the equation. What about Weekend Bernie's at two? No, uh, two yeah. It's watchable. Did you write a screenplay yeah. Better than the Hobbit. I did not, no. But you know what? I might work on it. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, we're going to move on to our next segment recommendations anything you guys caught over the week or the weekend that you want to or don't want to recommend so i got a new grill and uh i've been grilling outside for the nice. past couple of days yeah. weather it's is been... perfect in las vegas yeah man yeah. it is it's awesome. getting hot though it is, yeah, getting it warm, is getting a little hot. warm but when i grill like i grill at dusk or yeah almost oh, okay, sundown wait so for the sun nice. to go down yeah that yeah. is actually pretty nice yeah especially so when it's good having that uh that raw fire cooking your meat it, it's nice it's yeah. nice so i suggest everyone go out and grill something yeah. yeah. All right. That's not right. bad. I caught, uh, I kind of caught two different movies, uh, both in the same kind of genre where it was Outbreak and Contagion. So you had never seen them? No, I'd never seen oh, them. Oh, wow. Okay. I was a little bit before. What was me, better? Yeah. Uh, Contagion was better by like a long time. Oh, see, I like Outbreak. Oh, man. <laughs> but Outbreak. I haven't seen either one in a while. Out, so, I saw uh, Outbreak opening weekend. C Contagion had me for the first half. I'm like, okay, this is actually pretty decent. Soderbergh. Get you in there, you know. 
Uh, it does fall midway through, and it does not stick the landing, I don't think, really at all. It's Matt all. Damon's fault, uh, as usual. Yeah, well, as always, man, that guy. Um, Outbreak, I'm just like, man, what kind of goofy world am I in? Just... That's Keanu Reeves, right? No, no, Outbreak no, it's Dustin is, Hoffman, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., Kevin Spacey, Kevin Spacey the, the unfortunately. Kevin Spacey. Okay. Rene right, Russo, the never lovely Rene Russo. For starters, yeah. uh, I don't know who would ever believe Cuba Gooding Jr. is a scientist or a doctor, you know, you know and it's just... I think the thing with Outbreak are just those movies in general. They're written as horror movies where yeah. just they people make dumb dumb horror movies. That's decisions. a deadly metaba virus, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. With uh, with Outbreak, it's like with the monkey. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's so funny when Dustin, Dustin Hoffman as an action star, though. I give I tip my hat. To it's that. so much yelling. They all <laughs> yell so much, and it's so funny. The scene but where Kevin Spacey walks and the suit rips. It's oh pretty, yeah, it's pretty impactful. Man, what's up with their? <laughs> why would it rip? Like, why would that? That's such an easy thing for yeah, it to get it's made out of paper. <laughs> yeah, <it's> made... <laughs> so I think it's funny because it's like you got that scenario where they talk about in Swordfish, right? Where it's like, oh, would you sacrifice a baby or sacrifice one child to die to save? The the whole world yeah and i like how it's just like no you wouldn't and then dustin hoffman's like i'll sacrifice as many children to save my ex-wife and so <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy yeah, yeah. Jeez, yeah. He's just, he's no just like, i'll sacrifice as many children as i need to and so, but i won't let them blow up this one town <laughs> but yeah uh contagion's better check out contagion all right yeah, yeah I, I, I maybe i need to watch both of them again I, I we've been tempted to pick those over the last few weeks it's so but, easy it's, yeah, easy it's too easy too. Yeah, yeah so we kind of let it go yeah. I'm still watching The Last Dance. That'll end this weekend, the Michael Jordan documentary. And I did finally see Birds of Prey. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Which right. I did not like. Yeah. I just didn't like it. I thought it was messy. It is a little messy. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure exactly what they were going for. I wanted more from Ewan. I think Margot Robbie's admirable in it. I think yeah. uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Is that who it is? Yeah. Uh, also admirable yeah. in it. Yeah. I think there's the pieces of killer. it. Yeah. Kind of like Suicide Squad. There's pieces of something there, but I don't. it's kind of a, just yeah. a big mess. There, there definitely should have been a little bit more rework and- you need another team. You can't just have one person on those Marvel yeah. movies really controlling yeah. it. You need two or three people yeah. to you know, reel you back in. Now so. now a couple of weeks ha that it has passed. Birds of Prey soundtrack, it's awesome. Is it? Is yeah, it good? It might oh, be yeah. good. Some, yeah. There's some redeeming qualities yeah, to it. I really it, like it. You know, so maybe the soundtrack's part of that. But I do want to recommend one documentary. Uh, it's called Spaceship Earth. It's on VOD, so it hasn't hit like Netflix or anything yet, but it's about the biosphere from the 90s. Oh, biosphere oh, with, yeah. uh, with Polly Shore? No, yeah, not Biodome. Not Biodome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Every time I mention this movie, that's exactly what they tell me, but uh, Biodome. But not Biodome, Biosphere, the actual thing they built in Arizona and the group of scientists that went in there yeah, Pauly, for two years. Yeah, Polly Shore. Yeah. All right. All Polly Shore. But, but listen, it's not like there's, a, there's mixes of like Tiger King in there, there's mixes of like cult stuff. But it's just crazy. True stories are always stranger than fiction, always. And this is just another example of that. That thing was a mess. All so, right. Do we know what we're doing next week? I'm not 100% sure. Okay. All right. Well, to be determined for next week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Follow us on Twitter. And Follow us on Twitter. You'll find out. Yeah. All right. Uh, where can we find you at, Ryan? Hey, if you like listening to my voice or you just want more content, I do another podcast called Dragon Questicles. Give you me can those find questies. us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. If you just want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan underscore dot com. That's Ryan with an I underscore D-O-T-C-O-M. You can always find me at RealWatchAbility.com and hit me up on Twitter at RealWatch. And we are Talking Flick. You can follow us over on Twitter at Flick underscore Talking. And if you really like us, you can leave a rating and review. Of if you are going to rate us. At whatever podcast. Yeah, there wasn't really any songs in this, was yeah. there? No, yeah, it was quiet. <laughs> at whatever was quiet. podcast app you listen to. I'm doing the circles, um, but you guys can't see them. Oh, you can't see it, yeah. 
You can't see it. It's all visual. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, we also have Patreon where you can donate any amount of money and can get we'll access anything. to other content. We will. You can just send us circles, heptapods. And circles. we're working on some fun stuff. So become yeah, a Patreon. Definitely. Get access to our fun stuff. You can see me be as crazy as you, however you want to see me, I guess, yeah. for a dollar. You know? <laughs> I'll sell out for anything. <laughs> uh, I'll kill as many children. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. Some for just for fun, too. Yeah. Not even in a pandemic. So. <laughs> and we'll have a link for everybody's stuff in the description. Finish the show, Ryan. Hey. That was Talking Flick, and we will talk at you next week. Yeah. No funny stuff at the yeah. end. Yeah. I can't think of anything. Circles. Um, Circles. Dead children, I guess. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, man. Jesus. Not funny. <laughs>